You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man-to-man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. That's right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe, and it is our favorite week of the year. It's Texas OU week, the Red River Showdown. You got to be, if you want to be correct about it and get the sponsor in there, it is the AT&T Red River Showdown. Whatever you want to call it, it's the Longhorns and the Sooners. It'll be Saturday from the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. We're going to talk about that game. We'll talk about a 42-31 road win Texas got over West Virginia. All that and more coming up on the latest edition of the podcast. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Uh, good. I survived the trip to Morgantown, so I'm, nice. I'm good. It's not a bad. It's not a bad trip going up there. Um, you know, just the weather was great, man. It was perfect fall weather for football. It was, it was awesome, like kind of upper 60s, low 70s, a little, little cool breeze. So the weather was great. You know, I, I never see a. I never seen any moonshine vendors on the side of the road. Like it's amazing how like A and E and Bravo can find all these people, but I never can. It's like horses in Texas and stuff. Yeah, more yeah, moonshine is going mainstream though in a lot yeah. of ways. Like, yeah, and that ain't the best moonshine. You know? Yeah, best moonshine is any standardized moonshine is no good. It's not. Well, it, I'm sure it's, <laughs> well, it good, but it's good, not but as it's, good it's as the real moonshine. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, a man who uh, I guess we can call him a moonshine connoisseur. He's a connoisseur of many I things. I have family that cooks moonshine. Yes. Oh, you got to uh, cook it, fix it. What do you do? I'm totally ignorant. I have no clue on the moonshine. I don't know if you brew it. It's the still, still process. Whatever. There you go. The still. I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, but he is a Renaissance man. Clearly here on Longhorn Blitz on and on the Horn. 1049, where you can hear him on the broadcast each every weekday from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn 2002, UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos. And a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. And who was done football. Got us up back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, I, I get a little dizzy doing the intro sometimes. I know. So no, because I think you run out of breath but it's yeah. good every damn time but, and uh, you just channel your like wwe fandom of a child like you have a great just open be able to announce it sounds as if like true. it's a rub off like you're in the middle of a wwe I'm like captain lou albano mm-hmm. introducing somebody on the fly there, nice there reference. Nice reference. um but uh texas gets a win guys we'll talk about obviously a lot of this show is going to be devoted to the oklahoma game but let's go ahead and break down this west virginia win rod i think the real winners on saturday were the people lucky enough to get that game with a ten and a half? 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. And, and wait for that half a hook all the and, way. And, and what's that saying? You, you gave everybody on this show that advice, Matt, so I hope they heeded. Uh, Matt, what's that saying? Good teams win, great teams cover? Yeah, damn at least right. better ones do. You damn right. Well, Texas yeah, got the cover. Uh, Rod, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Didn't play out the way yeah, we maybe thought way it would thought. or should. But it, it's one of those deals where I didn't see Casey Thompson. That's what I wanted correct. to see. Bummer. I didn't see him. You look yeah. at the negatives from this game. Like defense gave up a bunch of yards. Offense really bogged down in the third quarter. Uh, Sam Ellinger threw an interception. Yep. Uh, you know the offensive line had a terrible first half. I thought. But the flip side of that was Sam Ellinger finishes another 200-yard passing game, four total touchdowns. Roshan Johnson leads your rushing attack. Running game goes for over 200 yards. Defense forces four turnovers. Yep. They're really good, again, in the red zone, their best effort all year on third down. So at the end of the day, you can say the negatives if you want. You can highlight that if you wish, but it's a Big 12 road win, and there's a, a lot of positives you can take out of that. I know a lot of people are upset about the yardage because there was a lot of yardage. Was it 460 something? 367 yards? passing. But was I'm talking about total? Was it 460 something like that? Uh, whatever. Uh, that's total. Was 96. Um, yeah. But I was told I, be no math today. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, we're not trying to do math on the show. But you get the point. A lot of people are upset about the yardage. Remember, they gave up a lot of yards to Louisiana Tech too. I'm 463, always, Rod. Yeah. Um, I'm always willing to uh, to negotiate, right? I'll give – if as a, as a fan, uh, I'll, and as a obviously a guy who play defense, I'll give up yards all day every day if you can produce turnovers. You know, to me, Todd Orlando's defense, that's when it's performing at its most optimal. That's when it's performing at its highest, uh, you know, in terms of its production rate and in terms of its um, – in terms of the ideal system for Todd Orlando – you have to be able to produce those turnovers. And you go look at the four turnovers they produced. To me, that's they won that, that battle. They won the, uh, the matchup between that West Virginia offense and the, the Texas defense only because turnovers is the ultimate cheat code. If you go look at the, I think there are nine times where Todd Orlando's defense since 2015 has allowed 500 or more total yards Todd Orlando is three and six, or at least his defenses, his teams are. They're three and six in those nine games. In the three wins, Todd Orlando's defenses had forced at least three turnovers in each of the three wins. In the six losses, they've forced a combined three turnovers in the six losses. So in, in football today, it's all about situational football. Third down defense, fourth down defense, red zone defense, forcing turnovers, uh, limiting explosive plays. You know, sometimes the yardage is going to happen, but if you can be good in situations, which Todd Orlando has proven that he can be really good at in terms of being able to match up and also being able to scheme situations, I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll take the yardage. I mean, I'll, I'll give up the yardage. It's no big deal to me. And we've talked about that a lot on the show, just the idea like where the red zone defense idea of yards and being able to make the team prove it over time and you have trust in your playmakers being able to make plays. And what was so impressive about those interceptions in this game, they're all on standard downs. They weren't on passing downs, which is crazy. If you look at passing downs, Texas actually got thrown on and Austin Kendall was successful and that was something in years past. That's when Texas's defense thrived was being able to bring pressure in expected situations and get home to them. It's even better that you had these guys go out there and make plays on standard downs, and all four of them came on the 28 standard downs that West Virginia had. So Texas coming up with those big plays is so big, and then you see how winning scoring touchdowns still can separate you, and when you steal a possession or two, it really can negate a few bad possessions on offense. Rod, my math might be shoddy here, but I think this is the two big takeaways I've got 
from uh, this game. This was Todd Orlando's defense kind of in their element. Uh, when you can turn it into a throw game and get turnovers, uh, and you do that by stopping the run, West Virginia gets held under 100 yards. Uh, 16 times now under Todd Orlando, Texas held an opponent to fewer than 100 rushing yards. I've got Texas at 14-2 and two in those games when they hold an opponent to 100 yards or fewer rushing. Yeah. And then 12-2 uh, yeah. and two in games where the defense forces multiple turnovers. Yeah. So to your point, I mean, if you can turn it into a throw game, great. We've seen the good of it. We've seen the bad of it, which was the LSU game, which mm-hmm. you basically LSU stopped trying to run the football. They just realized, they hey, just we can throw, can throw it for a bunch of yards yeah. and make it. And you only forced one turnover out of all those times. Exactly. Saw the bad of it there. But yeah. now you see the good of it, West Virginia. And you could say, well, man, Austin Kendall's not a great quarterback, whatever. But, Rod, I think the corner specifically, and you can even credit B.J. Foster with this because I thought his interception was a great play. The DBs as a whole did really what I wanted to see them do, and we talked about this on last week's show. I just want to see them be in a position to go make a play on the ball. Like, yeah. Just don't look lost running down the field where you've got guys running wide open and you're busting coverages. Like, Just be in a position. It's 50-50 balls. Some plays you're going to make them, some plays you're not. Deshaun Jameson just goes OBJ and makes a great one-handed yeah. interception, has a really good read on the second one, uh, and then obviously B.J. Foster's a really good read. And Delia Dayway, you can – that one, yeah, can, had a good game too. that one yeah. you can put yeah. on Austin Kendall a little bit because he, he tried to fit should. it into a really tight window. It's like, dude, you are not that guy. <laughs> yeah. You got to you know your limits. You know Went a little Fitzpatrick on that one. Yeah, exactly. But to your to your point, though, I think the biggest takeaway out of the West Virginia game for me was the Sean Jameson. It was the fact that, okay, now I believe you do have a starting field corner. All right. And you knew coming out of training camp you had a boundary corner in Jalen Green. So now you have your two starting corners. Uh, now, Jalen Green is hurt. We right. all know that. I right? still dealing with an injury, so he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. But and he's going to miss OU. But, you know, now you have the guy in Deshaun Jameson, and it goes back to what the coaches had been telling the media and, and telling everybody, hey, we know Deshaun Jameson is young. He's going to get beat. But we know he's a ball hawk, and he's got a short memory, and he's aggressive. He's going to go out there and he's going to go out there and fight. He's got a lot of dog in him. Yep. And we want a guy at that corner has got some dog. Yep, in the Big 12 he's going to get beat, but – he's going to be able to make some plays, too. And when he makes some plays, he's going to make the defense pay. He's one of those guys. Right, let's so. brag on DB High a little bit because Anthony mm-hmm. Cook, I thought, played pretty well. Seven he a, tackles. He was aggressive. And He was aggressive. We talked in the open week with Jalen Green going down. You probably lost Josh Thompson for the year. It was kind of now or never for Anthony Cook. We agree. I agree with that. And yeah. he answered the call, apparently – had a great open week of practice. The week leading up to the West Virginia game was really good. He ends up getting the start. And I don't want to say this is the a sign where, okay, he's going to head in the right direction, but at least you – if you're Jason Washington and Todd Orlando, I think you can look at it now getting ready for the Oklahoma game and saying, okay, we got Anthony Cook back to where we thought we were going to have him in camp. Yeah. To where you've got a confident corner that you can trust to put on the field. I, so I don't think before they could clearly by they didn't by even his know playing what kind time of state he was in. They right, didn't know. Yeah. clearly by his playing time they couldn't trust to put him on the field. Yeah. Now at least they know they could trust to put him on the field. Rod, I'm I'm baby stepping it with corner. If you can at least trust somebody to put them on the field, that's a pretty good start right now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, I don't right know who's gonna. It. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna start in the Oklahoma game. I'm assuming Deshaun. <laughs> I assume, but I don't know. I assume Deshaun Jameson will start at the field corner and then the boundary corner. I, I don't know. I would know. assume Anthony Cook. I would assume Anthony Cook, too, but I don't know. I mean, Kobe Boyce was the – he was playing field most of the time, wasn't yeah. he, when he was playing? So, I would do – I mean, D.V. High may be out there representing, man. Maybe the man. first time – Taking on history. Oklahoma. Has there, I mean, come on, we got to think, has any time in the history of the Power Five has there been – 
a a power five school with two starting corners from the same high school, even starting one game. Yeah, I'd have to really think about that's, that. My, it's got to be very, I mean, yeah, it's got to be Just very rare. little pockets it, in Miami you know I mean? or like it's like just maybe week, it's rare, yeah. man. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's ever happened. Oh, yeah. Somebody get on that, man. Stat guys, Drew Lieber. Whoever has that. that database, figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to say it's never happened. I'm going to go randomly and say, as I said, Power 5. So you go before that, yeah, I don't know. Power 5 right. is, Power five is relatively young. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I would say Power 5, I don't think it's ever happened. You're probably right. For huh? a Power 5 school. So DV high, baby. Let's shout out. That's uh, hardcore. How, well, sure. Go, baby. Let's like stick that. with the defense. Oh, wait. I think my high school might have, no, at safety, though, the Griffin brothers. But that's sort of a that's technicality. But I mean, it's odd that I had the same high school. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Did they start in the same secondary? I'll have to go back and look. I don't know if Marcus I don't know started. If they, I don't know if Marcus started with Michael. I think that was I think, in I, think Mike, I think Marcus starts after Michael leaves. Man, I think you're right. you're right. I think, you're right. I, think oh, I remember seven, that. Because I remember 07. keeping up with that. I think he leaves. Oh, seven. Yeah, yeah, I yep. want to see he starts after Michael leaves. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right. I think you're right on that, Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, That's though, good, though, when you look at the defense. <laughs> DB, Bizarre. Yeah, DBU. We talked about third. <laughs> we, talked about, uh, <laughs> we talked about third down defense, and West Virginia finishes the game, if I can find it here, 4 for 14 on third down. I think they were 0 for 7 in the second half. Situational defense, baby. Yeah, and then, Situational. And then mm-hmm. I asked Tom Herman about the red zone defense after the game, and he said he felt like the – and this is – I can't believe I didn't pick up on this, but you know how Tom Herman's famous saying, oh, their momentum's a flea. It's, it's not real. It's not tangible. He called the third down, the red zone stop they got after the Sam Ellinger interception. He's like, that could have been a huge momentum swing. And I didn't think about it until I was putting my notebook together after the game. I'm like, Tom Herman's talking about momentum swings. (laughs) Well, he better because going into Texas OU week, momentum is real. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) But that's a good point. I never thought about that. But but, uh, no, he said that could have been a huge momentum swing because Texas is up. 21-14 21-14 at that point. West yeah. Virginia gets the ball at the plus 15. And you're thinking, man, if they get a touchdown and tie the game, then it's an entirely different ball game at that point. But you get a really nice play from Brandon Jones. Austin Kendall like, tried to get an angle, tried to get the edge on Brandon Jones to the corner, and that, that wasn't going to work. Um, then you know, they have a drop pass, and then Deshaun Jameson, as good as the two interceptions were, Rod, you could argue his best play, his most impactful play, was that third down stop in the open field because Neil Brown said afterwards that play call where they get Sam James like on a little shallow cross where he can make oh, some, something happen zone? in space. Yeah, they they felt like that was the play they wanted. They're like their guy just made the play and our guy really? didn't. Man, that was not. He wasn't even. He wasn't even close to like open. Like I mean, yeah, I was, was not, all I over. was not impressed I'm with like, West Virginia's third down play call. Yeah, I'm like that's not really impressive because that was no real rub route to it either. Like, right, nobody. Yeah. That was no. Pig, no mesh concept. I don't know what the hell. Do, well, do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> er, earlier in the game where they missed? The they field? had some good switch route concepts that mixed Texas up. That Texas, which we talked about, yeah, that they were going to yeah, do they, that. Texas later on in the secondary, they couldn't really figure it out. Though they did a lot of switch routes um, at the mesh point early on in the game, but then you didn't see it that much later on. I think back to the uh, they ran late, a ton of bunch formations though, in tight formations, minor yeah, splits. Let me make the late in the first half. Uh, they had that that possession where. It's a third down. It's before they miss a field goal. It's a okay. third. It's a third down, and they call a timeout, and they come out of the timeout. And it's like a third and eight, and they try to run like a wide zone. I'm like, you called a timeout. Is that the came one? out of it? I wonder if that's the one where Joseph Asai is lined up on like the slot, and they called a timeout. We were talking about that yesterday, and you know, I wondered if they were going to try to take advantage. But we, I thought Texas had called the timeout because Texas. Um, and Chad was talking about this too because Texas had a kind of a defensive alignment where Joseph Asai was lined up on the slot 
but it ended up where they called the timeout, and then they came out a different formation, so it didn't matter. Yeah. But, I, I mean, but West Virginia calling the timeout there, I, I remember that. I do remember that. I wonder if it's the same play. Because they did it, called the timeout before a crucial, I think it was a third down. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was a third down. And I was like, I wonder why they called the timeout there. They seemed to have the alignment they wanted. And maybe you don't want Joe. I mean, it seemed like Joe Spasai lined up covering the slot would have been exactly. Yeah, it was in the second quarter. Uh, West Virginia called a timeout. Yeah. And then they come out of it. Martel Petaway runs for two yards. That was the one Keandre Coburn ran down. And what was it, third and what? Third and nine. It just yeah. sounds like a very it was like, yeah. It was a weird. It was, wondering I the play that's call. It. That's one it where they weird, just stuck like, in their own. Gonna, they're definitely going to throw it, and it and what they come out and do. Like it's like Brandon? I don't know if it was an RPO, but they, it ends up being like a wide zone that yeah, just yeah. Ran on that. yeah, it was strange. Texas got no, penetration. No, I, I, I remember that because I thought it was a weird just a, the, whole, the, the whole transaction, like the three the three little instances there was really strange. But but right, out outside of the run defense, which I thought you know Joseph Osai, I talked to him after the game about this. He he had a. Uh, a really good quote on this. He said, basically, <clears throat> the adjustment they made at halftime was they just realized they weren't tackling well. He said, so they just realized they had to leverage they football did, better. I counted, uh, I, I counted 12 missed tackles. I don't know if that's that bad. Um, but I asked I him about. I those probably wouldn't first half. I asked about what else, what else changed, and he said, basically, their mentality changed, and, and Todd Orlando reiterated, and Joe's Fosai said, this is a quote from Todd Orlando, something he tells the defense all the time. Especially in like RP, especially like for linebackers and safety, because as we know, those are the positions that are get, get put in conflict the most. Yep. This is Joseph Osai on Todd Orlando. He says, "I've never fired a guy for playing run first when it's fifty-fifty. Play run first. So basically, he wants you to stop, stop guessing and get downhill. Yeah, just stop the run. Yeah. Stop the run. Which is why I thought West Virginia early on would try to they would pass. Right? We talked about they would pass on." Early downs on yeah. first and second down, and what they do early on, they threw the ball early. Like they want to throw it on first yeah. and second down because you know Todd Orlando's defense is going to. I think Oklahoma knows this too. They're mm-hmm. going to sell out to stop the run. They, he's just that's just naturally what he wants to do. He wants to make you one dimensional, and the only way he can do that is to stop the run. It's the easiest thing for him to do. So teams that can come out and throw it, like LSU did, say, you know what, just screw it. Let's and just, exactly, let's just come out and just slang it, man. You know what I mean? Then that 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 naturally is going to throw Todd Orlando into a. a kind of out of his comfort zone because yeah. then he can't make you one-dimensional because you have made yourself one-dimensional. Yes. You're <laughs> dictating the terms. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, and, that yeah, basically is exactly. his philosophy on stopping yeah. the run. And, and, Rod, I want to get your take on this, and, and I know we we got compressed time on the show this week because we all got stuff to do. We're all busy this week. but And this is probably a dumb question, but I'll, 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 I'll let you expand on it. Thing. As a defensive coordinator, can you put too much of an emphasis on stopping the run Yes. When you're struggling to defend the pass as much as Texas has, I agree with Matt. Yeah, you can. Yeah, the way that modern football is going, it just yeah. keeps on showing that passing it just yeah. so worth it. I it almost to pass every down to go leech because what you get if you look at just a percentage of variance on plays and the expected value that you get in the pass game, it literally sometimes can be like four or five times the value of the run game when you play it out over time. So, like, we saw LSU doing it and being like, no, it's pointless. You are just limiting your upside each time. West Virginia started that way. And then we (laughs) love that Gundy. And then Gundy gave us a gift. And then, yeah, then Gundy stopped. He's always running the ball Oh, you, Lincoln Riley, is going to come out throwing, and it's just really worth it. And you still have to run and be physical just so 
you don't become yes. so predictable. No doubt. And that's why you still see Mike Leach run or him go get his own running back that he can dump the ball to and facilitate their own game. That's why we have a Duvernay. But that's why a game like this is just going to be like a video game when both teams maybe get to that. It took a while in the game uh, last year against Kyler, but that second half, it's just ping-ponging back and forth. No, no, I do think you still need the running game, no question. But I, in terms of being able to keep the defense off balance, mm-hmm. yes. the pass is what the shocks play the calling, defense. Exactly. The you pass will just... shock the defense. The, the the run, I mean, if you can – listen, if, you, if you're Shanahan, you got concepts like that. Yeah. You got zone-blocking concepts like that. you just going to run all over him. Then he can run all over any damn body. But, hell, man, that's, that's, that's the exception, not the rule. Not every – Lincoln Riley does, though. And then like, Riley does have the counter trade concepts, the inside zone concepts, like a, a Shanahan. G, that, that GT concept. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he has that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. He can go to it if you are neglecting one thing and he has that mismatch. Yeah. He'll go to he that. He can all specifically day. target where he wants to run the ball based on what your weakness is on your defensive front. Like, mm-hmm. not everybody can do that. Yeah, Shanahan I, can do that. I just asked the question out of respect because I know Todd Orlando, like I said, he <gasps> wants to stop the run, and, and it's him dictating terms to the no, offense. It works. Where it works. I'm going to make you one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. But like we said, talked about a few times now, LSU decided, why are we even going to waste our time running the ball? But Joe Burrow also may be a first-round quarterback That's in some of the too. projections mm-hmm. right now. LSU's offense is ranked like, it's the greatest LSU offense in the history of LSU football. And it's almost right? better it than the Oklahoma the best offense. offense. Yeah, exactly. It may be better on, than any offense in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You're right, as good as Oklahoma's. Yeah, and they it's, play it's, better it's competition. And right there with the, like, as yeah. good as Baker and Kyler's, exactly. you have the Manziel, the Cam, and then you have this year OU and LSU in the top yeah. 10 right now. So you have to have that quarterback that can do it. That's the thing that makes OU such a formidable opponent in a foe, right? Because you know they do have the quarterback guru behind it who can design mm-hmm. those really, really uh, expansive run concepts. But also, they got a quarterback that can execute that, be the plus one in the running game, and every quarterback Lincoln Riley has is their best version of themselves as a passer. It's, man, it's, it's, a, it's a Herculean task you're asking of Tyler Lando. But Tyler Lando always shows up to the, you know, he shows up yeah, with a very great odd. Play. This game he's done very good in. Yeah. He did. <laughs> it's we'll, a he toughest to matchup ever. He does. Exactly. Yeah. We'll but get, he's got, he's got uh, less support than usual. We'll get to OU in a minute, but the quarterback I want to talk about real quick is Sam Ellinger. We talk about, you know, the numbers Oklahoma's putting up. We talk about LSU's offense. Texas, even coming out of uh, their fifth game of the year, they're ranked fourth in the country in SP plus offense. Yeah, they're getting it done. And, you know, it's funny because I thought this exact same thing, and I mentioned it to a couple of people in the press box, and it's funny that Tom Herman said him and Sam Ellinger talked about it on Sunday. You know, Sam Ellinger had a, a quote-unquote bad game on Saturday. It was not his best game. They said, did, did, anybody, did they say bad game, or did we, are we saying that bad game? Because well, I said he had a B-plus game versus LSU. Yeah, well, and I still think I'm right about that. He had his A game versus LSU. I felt that wasn't that wasn't his. I felt that wasn't his best game. But I said, man, there there are times where if a Texas quarterback has that stat line, 18 oh, for 33, yeah. two touchdown passes, two eleven, two rushing touchdowns. I said, if that's Tyrone Swoops or Gerard Hurd with that stat line, we're throwing a parade. Agree. We're thinking time, times are <laughs> yeah. be, times are I good, agree. man. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree. Drink with that. it in, man. Yeah, but that's how good Sam is. And Remember when Sam, Gerard Hurd set the all-time record for Texas quarterbacks? It still stands. I Gerard and I talked. Cal, right? Gerard and I talked about that at pro day. I'm like, hey, man, always, always Cal. He's like, yeah, always got Sam that Cal will break game. that. Even Gerard said that. He said <laughs> Sam will break it this year. That single game, probably total, this total offense. Sam, probably this year, this, this week. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> not. But the point is. Tom Herman said him and Sam Ellinger talked about it on Sunday at practice, and Sam even said, you know, that didn't play my best. He's like, but my freshman year, we would have killed for a game like that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. That just shows That's you again. Like you talked about, like he's 
he's done. He's at past the point of his career, Rod. I think we can safely say now where he's done having like just the the game where like the bomb goes off and yeah. the bottom falls. His off. baseline is now uh, the baseline of a conference player, like an all conference player, like. You know what I mean? Like that's His what bad, he's, that, he's going to play. Yeah, he's he's going to play at that level almost every year. He's going to have the uncharacteristic interception or whatever. I mean, he's human. He's fallible, but yeah, for the most part, that guy, he's uh, man. He's going to play like one of the best players in the country every, every week. I mean, so you can count on that. That's probably why Tom Herman's so loose at his press conference going to OU. He knows. Oh, I got, it. I got, it. I got, I got the guy. I got yeah. the guy at quarterback. So I got a shot. I definitely got a shot. I think there's another reason why he's a, a little bit loose, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But overall, Rod, you look at this West Virginia game. I thought a couple things. I thought one. Let's get to the offensive line because I think that's the easier thing to talk about and, the, and the, the wide receivers, those two groups. I just thought the offensive line made better adjustments in the second half, and Sam Cosme even said, you know, with West Virginia, as much as they were stunting and as, as much movement as they were trying to create, uh, it really made it hard for them to get on hard double teams, so they really just had to change up some things with their blocking scheme, and it worked much better in the second half. And, you know, you look at the receiver group in this game, and Devin Duvernay goes six for 86, and he runs for a touchdown. I, I think third down, even though Texas is 10 for 18, like it's hard to say they had a bad day on third down. But, but they did. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I think third they to their did. standard, it shows I, where exactly. the standards I think third down is where that's where you're going to see the benefit of having Colin Johnson back on the field. Um, here's a stat for you from Sports Source Analytics. Before the West Virginia game, Seven FBS quarterbacks in 2019 had converted over 50% of the time on third down pass plays. Sam was number one in the country ahead of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was at 52%. Sam was at 58%. In that game versus West Virginia, I want to say Sam passing was 6 of 14 on third down. So he was actually, you know, he had dropped off a little bit. He was right under 50%. But if you look, if you add the, he had three third down runs, I believe, in that game too that ended up uh, converting to first downs, right? Maybe it was four first down runs from third down. You're right. He had a third and uh, sorry, no, he had three because Duvernay had the other one because Duvernay's run was on third and five, I believe. He had a third and run run that was a five yard run. He had a third and thirteen that was an eighteen yard run. Then he had the third and three that went for twenty three yards. So you didn't count if you put those into the equation too. Then he's actually kind of right around where he should be. He's converting every time you put the ball in his hands on third down fifty five percent of the time, whatever it is. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that. He's a third down red zone machine. Yeah. It's he absurd. really is, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's great too. And have that yeah. in, in the modern day. We talk about just having be able to deal in situations so well, and him in goal line situations is just so unquantifiable. And this week, though, Texas will be facing a similar version in Jalen Hurts, which Texas hasn't had to face. Even though you have Joe Burrow, he didn't necessarily have the run threat, more functional mobility, and not that two headed monster that then is going to be able to also be a weapon in those situations. But you brought up Sam on third down and. This game was like really the first time you see Sam on passing downs really struggle. He was only 6 of 13 for 54 yards and was sacked twice. So normally those are situations where they've been able to make plays and not able to do it this past weekend. Yeah, I think part of that too, Matt, you look at their average distance to go on third down was 7.4 yards. Yeah. And there was a lot of third. You know, yeah. On the first drive alone, third and 13, third and 13, third and 7, third and 9, uh, Texas did not do a good job, especially in the first half of winning on first down. But Rod, they did in the second half, and well, we know why. Rashawn Johnson is why, and that's Let's be the, honest. That's, that's talk, the uh, difficult Rashawn, discussion. Yeah. It's not a difficult discussion. It's not. I said before the LSU game, and I and I, and we've talked about it on the show. When you have a guy that moved from quarterback to running back, we talk about rate of development on the show all the time. 
and he's already in the conversation and competing with a guy who's been playing running back his in, basically his entire career as a, a high-level player. Say this, he's got one season of FBS football at running back under his belt. Already under his belt, but in high school, that's what he was playing too. He was playing running back, right? Mm-hmm. I remember, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's there already competing, and we're having the conversation about who should be getting more reps or should he be getting as many reps. Guys, that's just simple. You ain't got to be a rocket scientist to understand, yeah. oh, that guy is actually developing quicker uh, and developing at a faster rate than this other guy. Yeah, and that's the football so IQ. Just yeah, some guys, though, with the ability to run and the way to fall and how you just naturally it's have not, it. Like, you can see that the talent or the body type or the prospect in Ingram may be something that is some you see and you want to have. See, I think we're, I think we're, we're examining way too much. No, no. I test. Dude, he is I know, the, he maximizes runs better. Agreed. We don't even need to break Fully. it down. We don't even need to go into the footwork okay. and the vision. And all that. No, no. Just watch them when they get the ball. Agreed. Rashawn Johnson maximizes runs better than Keontae. It's just that simple. And you know what? This is not a slight on Keontae. Nope. No. All right? This is, a, this is actually just a compliment to Rashawn Johnson and what he's doing. And by the way, I think the only totally reason natural. you won't see Rashawn Johnson start is because they know mentally he's a tougher player. He's a tougher football player. So if you, if you say you say, I'm going to start Rashawn Johnson versus OU – um, on that big stage, and we know he can play that because versus LSU, he started out really, you know, I mean, he was ready to go. And you bench Keontae, you know what's going to happen? Keontae may decide that he, you know, he may decide, you know, he's checking out. He may mentally go, ah, man, I, I'm checking out. He may not see it as a test. He may not see it as something that he needs to respond to. I think the coaches are worried about him mentally being a little fragile, all right, knee brace, uh, really hard on himself. They're not worried about that with Rashawn. So don't, don't. Rashawn, you're gonna he's gonna, you're gonna get the consistent Rashawn all the time, no matter what the situation. Yes. All right. But with Keontae, he's a he's a bit of a you know I mean he, he, he's a bit of a I don't say he's a diva, but he's fragile mentally at times. We know that. So if you want to get the best out of him, you must empower him. That's why he'll probably keep that starting spot no matter what. But Rashawn Johnson is I mean, he's he's your better running back right now. Yeah, yeah, he's the type of guy that when you just see on the field, you can tell that he's a guy that you don't have to worry. And in, in a coach's mind, it really is something that makes you yeah. in a leverage situation in third down or if it's in the second half. And when you need a guy out there that you know, well, if he sees a burrow and it needs to just go forward, get four yards, he can do it. But he's also a guy that mentally gets everything that we're doing, and it just relieves the stress of the offense if he's a guy yeah. that you can rely on on every down. Rod, you got to go. Rod, here's the thing I want to – why I said this, the difficult conversation on the Roshan Johnson issue. The difficult part for me is with Keontae Ingram, and he's almost an enigma at this point, and I don't say that in a bad way. It's just, like you said, it's uh, – is he in his head from after the LSU game? Is it the knee brace? The difficult part is I don't know – if we can count on running back being something that this team can hang their hat on because mm. the guy you can count on the most is a guy that a month and a half ago was a quarterback. Yeah. And that just brings the question for me, especially in this game. I don't know if you can count on the fact that Keontae Ingram is a guy that you can say is a championship caliber back. I was thinking that by this you point in the season – we would feel like, okay, we've got a clear answer on whether he is that guy. And there was a lot of, we were talking about in the preseason ad nauseum. We thought, hell, when we talked about the 10 most important guys, like the most indispensable guys on this roster, I, think he was like top three I had him at number two. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I mean, just Behind a couple Ellinger. weeks ago, yeah. we were saying if he runs like that, that's going to be a good Keontae. Against Oklahoma State. Yeah. But yeah. that's the thing. We're, you're not getting that Keontae from week to week. You're not getting it consistently. 
And I think you hit the head, you hit the nail on the head because you said the running back position overall. Because yeah, Rashawn's great, but he's also a true fresh. I mean, what true freshman? True freshman that switched from quarterback to running back. Mm-hmm. Keontae Ingram is a, a fragile in a lot of different ways. Kirk Johnson come back. Yes, he's he looked great, but. I mean, I wish I was sort of I could knock on Sam, here. It's still Kirk Johnson. He hadn't played took over since 2015. Then so you got Daniel Young, who you love Daniel Young, but Daniel Young is also dead with I agree. The yeah. running back position overall, I don't know if it's something that you go into the OU game saying, oh, yeah, I can count on this to go win the game. Yeah, I don't me. think you're counting You better have Bam Bam Sam in the quarterback design run game ready to go. I did count, I think, three design runs in the game versus West Virginia, which I think would bring the total to 15. On, total the, se- or th- 16, on the season, yeah. Yeah, uh, but they haven't used him a lot, and no. this may be the game you get him 15 total you know, runs, period, in this game versus Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. even more. I mean, we've seen yeah. over 20 in certain situations like yeah. this with him. In terms He's of scrambles are designed. In yeah. big games Neil, like Neil 18. Brown did say after the game, though, the 23-yard touchdown that Sam had, he said, man, that zone follow plays, like if you got a running quarterback, is really hard to stop. It is, especially with a guy like Sam. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I love that when they break out some of the design runs, and we're going to see on both sides in the whole oh, game. You're great see, design you're runs. You're going to see design quarterback yeah, runs yeah, yeah. in this game. But, so, Rod, that begs the question. Like, we were talking about, you know, the Larry Fedora factor with the RPOs, the, the Andre Coleman factor with the, the quarterback run game. Here's the question. It's a two, the two-sided coin. Did we overblow how much, and we probably did to an extent, how the importance of bringing those two guys into this program? Or, man, is this finally the game where you see, all right, all these changes that this staff has talked about and we've heard behind the scenes that they're going to make and this, that, and the other, this is the game where you kind of unleash all that. I don't know if that happens. I think yeah. they are what they are. Yeah. I think we're seeing it. I, I think they missed Colin Johnson. I think getting him back will be a huge presence because now you saw West Virginia, right? They, in late in the game, like, we're taking Duvernay away. We're going to give inside help on Duvernay and ask that corner kind of be over the top and have outside leverage. And they, they didn't take Duvernay away, but Duvernay wasn't as effective in the second half as he was in the first half. And Correct. you could tell there were things they were doing. I think Oklahoma's going to try to do the same thing. They're going to force Texas to go somewhere else to beat them, whether it be an injured Colin Johnson or whether it be Brennan Eagles or somebody else. Somebody else will have to step up. If Duvernay's able to beat him, that's just because he's just that great of a player. They're going to pay a lot of attention to Duvernay. You know what I mean? So, But, but getting to that point, remember we said the offense was going to be either based on two things, the power running game and the deep ball, right? And strangely enough, because of the, the injuries at running back, you don't really have the power running game, and they really and they really haven't utilized a weaponized Sam in that respect yet either. So you almost have a just a the offensive line has been so much better than we thought that that basically has been the you know the genesis of your running game, not really the guys that are running the football. It's the offensive line being able to impose their will on their opponent, and you haven't used Sam yet, but you still have had the deep ball, right? It's just strange the way now that that game versus West Virginia, I think there were more deep. I'm talking about 10 yards or more targets for Duvernay than he had in any game so far this year, right? He would, They were down. He only had one target, I think, that was like within five yards of the line of scrimmage or yep. behind it. Yeah. Most of his targets were down the field. I think that may be another wrinkle they throw in there, that he's more down the field, and you get start seeing you know, Colin Johnson back. You get that deep ball passing threat as a part mm-hmm. of the offense yeah. again. But we don't have the power running game. No, power it, running game is not really what's the staple of the offense right now. And the deep ball, real quick, Matt, I know you got a point you want to make. The deep ball, that's one thing I mentioned in my instant reaction speech right after the game. This staff has to do a better job of scheming up deep balls they because yeah. they're real predictable when they go deep. It's almost like after a first down, they're throwing it on first down, but it's going to be a shot to Brennan Eagles. 
I agree with that. And they, I just feel like you've got to scheme it up differently or break Tennessee something. Like You know that can be an effective part of this offense, but I just think you've got to just do a little more to maximize that a little bit. Mm, that's a good point. Sam didn't miss it. Remember the pick he threw, the deep mm-hmm. post? He did no, miss That was under he did, he did under through. He did miss Duvernay that was running the corner route. Go watch him. Duvernay cuts that corner before he throws it, which also a bit kind of a deep ball. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. The, the deep ball has not been as effective as it should have been. I think Colin Johnson not being there just changes the dynamic of that. That you know that concept yeah. of throwing it deep, no, that's yeah. true. you know what I mean. And he's been able to get a few just on the backside of the offense, but yeah, it's because Eagles. of the and it's because of the attention drawn by Duvernay and like you said, Rod Duvernay's role sort of shifted because you see how he's used when it's third and long. It's Sam was looking and converting consistently exactly right. three of them on that first drive, that's I believe, to Duvernay because it was a situation where he needed to. The thing was, is I believe I haven't looked at the box score. I think Duvernay didn't catch a ball in the second half. If he did, he only caught one of one, them. I think so, maybe, yeah. yeah, and it ended up being to where you could tell in certain situations we've seen him be missing in the first half of the LSU game, which was more of a good job to LSU. I think this game situation was because now he's actually garnering the attention of a top-tier wide receiver, yeah. which is only going to help, like you said, Colin and the other guys that are going to be out there. It's just up to Sam to find him, and that's a great thing about Sam this year. Sam just seems to be so comfortable comfortable at going and finding each progression and he you can tell he's looking one two three four he's seeing every receiver on the field and if you're in that type of situation against Oklahoma that's whenever you can maybe pull a big play because you look at like Duvernay you would assume understanding Riley and then even that staff since it's like nowadays you look at good defensive coaches like Belichick but then it's the best way to to operate offenses you just go see like what do you not want to stop what could be the thing and it's sort of the opposite version with this like Lincoln Riley seeing that everything this offense is funneled through that H and that H if you stop that position no matter what it's yeah. going to change and alter the entire offense to be different totally agree. and so that, that's why I think Lincoln can still have an impact even though he's an offensive man minded guy here yeah the, the, the word Colin Johnson helps you the most Rod is I think I, I mentioned it at the top third down I think is where he's going to be most impactful but this is a game where you're going to need to get chunk yardage plays, and people don't. This is where I think people get stuff twisted. They don't think of Colin. You don't think of Colin Johnson when you think chunk yardage plays, but oh yeah, he he's is. not going to obviously not going to be a big yak guy. People are like, well, he doesn't separate. He doesn't separate. Well, guys like him, your catch radius, your ability to mm-hmm. high point the football, that is your separation. Yeah. So if you throw him a vertical route at thirty yards, yeah, it's not going to go for more than thirty. But chances are it's going to hit more often than not. He's yeah. That's your chunk yardage yeah. play. People totally said agree. the same thing about Will Fuller last week going into fantasy, saying, no, he doesn't have yards after the catch. It's like, but he's getting targeted 40 yards yeah. down. Yeah, downfield. Yeah. You're getting tackled as you catch the D-ball. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it comes to, it comes down to the simple concept of who do you want to double-team. You're going to double-team Colin Johnson or you're going to double-team Duvernay. You can't double-team them both consistently. Exactly. And when those two guys are on the field together – and then that means Brandon Eagles is going to be on one-on-one all the time. So then it works out where, oh, I can give my four or five shots to Brandon Eagles down the field. Uh, then I can just basically choose who's open, DuVernay or Colin Johnson, who's in one-on-one. So I, I think Colin Johnson being back is huge. Just the same domino effect you talk about about taking DuVernay out of the mix and what that does to the offense. Mm-hmm. Adding a guy like Colin Johnson has that positive domino perfect effect. Perfect timing. Through, it is perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And there is nothing on film, really, with it being worked well, this Well, you way. know, as Jeff said, you know what, t- you know what Colin Johnson's going to do. Everybody right. knows that. He's not yeah. separating from you, but 
if you're one on one and that ball goes up, it's a rebound, and he's six six, and you're probably five. 11. But uh, <laughs> at the least Oklahoma the film corners, with Colin Parnum, Johnson, though. Parnum Motley at 6 foot, Trey Brown at 5'10. Yeah. There you go. And then yet you know on I mean? that, the way that this so. offense normally you had been schemed if you're stopping the pass game, it used to be stop Colin Johnson until the last four games when Duvernay. Duvernay's emerged, which is a different world for Johnson. Duvernay's probably our second best runner, period, with yeah. the football on offense. I mean, I'm not joking. I'm talking he about be behind. The best. He might be. He might be the best. I'm talking about, I mean, in terms of running, you just get the football in their hands. Like who are the best runners? Who's I mean, one, Sam Rish- or Roshan? Yeah, Keontae Ingram fourth in that conversation. That's what I'm now. saying. I think Sam might be more natural. That I mean, I, I'm serious. I think it's probably Rashawn, and I, I think it's probably Duvernay. I, that I feel like this podcast is turning like a bash Keontae no, Ingram. It's not, no, it's not at all. But, it's, but it's, look at Duvernay on that run, that 13 yard touchdown run, dude. That was really impressive. <laughs> yeah. like, it was just, I was like, are you serious? Did he yeah. just really break a tackle back, and get eight back. yards after contact on basically, you know, not on the goal line, but right there on the, yeah. in the red zone? That's pretty amazing, man. I think they. I love that package, by the way. I, look, oh yeah, I, I love that too. split back. With, oh yeah, you know that basically twenty-one personnel ends up being with Duvernay in the backfield <laughs> with Sean. That is that's it's sexy, what you were, man. I thought of that's you what we wanted with, the, with Jake Jordan Smith. Whittington. Well, with, with Jake Smith. Yeah. In fact, we wanted with both of them. But, but that's what yeah. it, and that's what I like oh, about this staff. We're right. seeing that because it is exactly they what we wanted it. in they that still situation. Do it with Jake. You're right. They and it's the opposite of going. And then you can still go. And if you do it with Jake, you can split out wide. But then to pull in a DB. Oh yeah, and I thought Whittington. Teams Whittington don't was, see that. It's just yeah. something you don't see in That's college. what Whittington was supposed to be, that guy, man. I love that That can cause pre-snap confusion. Yeah. Between uh, that, the Sam Cosme touchdown, which, oh, by the way. Beautiful. That was a beautiful play design. Yeah, I agree. Let's just give it up to Tom. Mm-hmm. That was just. Oh, you want to ski? You want to make me happy? Scheme up a ah. fat guy touchdown. I won't have much negative to say about you offensively. And I can't remember seeing one. Stutter said his dad caught a uh, like one in the NFL. I had one rushing in the league. It's yeah. It's just rare to see a big boy get rumbled down. You know, the sideline. Sam Cosby. Sam Cosby is now the envy of every offensive lineman in America at every level of football. And he also just became every offensive coordinator's worst nightmare because now every high school meeting room is going to be somebody that says, Coach, why don't we scheme up that uh, that tackle screen? I think he also made himself some money. I think NFL scouts oh, athleticism. Win. Holy hell, that dude can run. Like yeah. at a ta- He looks – he looked pretty fast. Athletic, I wonder what his, like, I wonder what his forty his is. I bet he could run like a five one or five two. Man, uh, he looked pretty fast. I don't know how much how, how much longer he is for that job, but Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, was in the house. On oh, Saturday. was he? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm telling you, Sam looked. Sad. He just made himself some money because now they were talking about athleticism at the left tackle. That dude looked like a freaking yeah. tight end running up the field. Oh, that'll be on his draft highlight reel. <laughs> oh, no question. When he's taking, like, oh, yeah. yeah. I can already hear like Todd McShay and Milk they're yep. talking about it. I like that you know the draft Straight speed. Let's we'll stick with the Texas offense because I want to talk about this Oklahoma defense. And Rod, I don't know how much you've seen of Oklahoma this year, but yeah, I watched the big the big change for them to me has been kind of what I thought Alex Grinch would do. The talented guys they've got in that defensive front, he was going to get the most out of them. And yeah. whether it's Ronnie Perkins or Neville Gallimore, you've seen them get the best out of their guys on their defensive front Agreed. so far. Um, I think their corners are better. They're more uh, aggressive. They're I don't know if I'd confidence. call them great yet, yeah. but their corners are they're better. They're playing with more confidence and more aggressive. There you no go. Question. Um, man, I still don't know about their safeties, Rod. I just – the Pat but, Fields or Turner Yale or Robert Barnes, I just – I don't know. But let's admit – this is what we talked about with Oklahoma. They're better. That they're defense better. is better. And we uh-huh. always said, okay, so if, you, if we just assume the offense is going to be Lincoln Riley's freaking offense, which so far it's been so far, yeah. just like we always thought, Lincoln Riley's freaking offense, no matter who the quarterback is, and you got a high-level quarterback playing. 
and you add an actual defensive identity. Now, they haven't played an offense as good as Texas offense, so this will be a huge test for them. But that defense is better. I actually saw a stat before the Kansas game, by the way, Puka. Puka ran on them early now. Puka. They went up 7 0. I was like, yeah. It was like a 99 yard drive or something, right? It was. It was a 99 yard drive. Texas can have some of those. Yeah, I mean, anyway, but Puka actually, and Puka's one of the best running backs in the country. Let's not get it twisted for Kansas. He is. But I looked at the uh, sports analytics, and right and before that game, they had Oklahoma's defense as the, set, the second best stuff rate in college football, I believe behind Auburn's D-line. And they hadn't played anybody. Auburn's played sure. better competition. But they're, they're, they're better, man. They're yeah. actually making more splash plays on defense, period. Can they do it against Texas? I'm, I'm not sure they can do that consistently versus Texas. I mean, that same Kansas team last year, Rod, had like 40 points and – Five, six hundred, five hundred something total yards on them last year. <laughs> That's a great point. You know. to, to to gauge your in, your improvement by a Kansas game, you're right. It's not what you usually do. It's not the barometer, but you're right. That defense is better, man. I, They're better. I, yeah, I think I think for them the test is going to be. You just said at the safeties, who matches up with Duvernay in the slot? Are you going to move one of those corners? Because what's the guy that got hurt in the preseason? That really hurts them. Trey Norwood. Yes, because Trey Norwood was like a safety slash corner. He right? probably would have been their nickel in this game. He was a corner they had moved yeah. to safety and right back. He would have been the guy they matched up on him. And not that he would have been able to cover Duvernay, but it would have been a, I think he would have been a lot more effective than whoever they're going to throw out there now. Radley Hiles will be their nickel. He's See, been their nickel. Yeah, you know what? That's going to be a, that's going to be a tall task for him yeah. against Duvernay. And depending on how they use him, they could just use him. And that's the thing about Duvernay that makes him so impressive. If I just want to see if you can tackle in the open field, I can do that and throw him you know, basically screens behind the line of scrimmage. If I want to see if you can run downfield, I can see if you can, you know, keep up with this track yeah. star. I think, though, that, I think that's a great matchup, though, that Oklahoma defensive line. And, and throw Kenneth Murray in there because they use him yeah. all, in a lot of different ways. That Oklahoma front against that Texas offensive line. And like we said, I thought the Texas offensive line did a really good job of making adjustments against West Virginia because they did not have a good first half. No, them Steels brothers. We told you about oh, them yeah. Steels brothers now. You Dante and Darius. The boys can play. And you talked the most of Steels brothers that I heard anybody. They can play, man. Did you see the one play Vandarius Cowan made where he blew through Keontae Ingram? Looked like he blown that Bama then, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm still, I, think both, I think one of those guys will make all conference, if not both of them. Like, yeah. They're really good players. Yeah. Dude was looking like Marcel Darius out there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally. I was like, yeah, um, but But to your point, there were adjustments made. I, you know, I still think Texas at the line of scrimmage in this matchup versus their D-line Texas O-line, I'm still going to give the advantage to Texas there. And you know that's big in this game, man. We talk about how big the rushing battle is in Texas OU. Uh, just I'll give the stat. People have heard it plenty of times. Since 1999, the team that wins the rushing battle is 17-2. and two. Uh, the only, uh, it, and, they, and they tied in 2006, so they think they both tied at 124. You win the, you win the, the line of scrimmage, man. It's big in this one game. Of those, one of those, I was looking back at some box scores from this series the other day. Do you realize in 2014, Texas held Oklahoma to 232 total yards yeah, and they lost the game? They only had 103 yards rushing and lost that game. Yeah, because Texas turned it over like four times or something. Crazy, man. They had the, well, they gave up the kickoff return for a touchdown, and then Swoops had a pick six. Yeah, well, and they turned three it over. non-offensive scores in that game, I believe. Yeah. Two pick sixes or something? Yeah, no, no. It's it, it's crazy if you start looking at it. How did Texas in 2015 rush for 313 yards? <laughs> Deontay. Well, 81 of that was one run by Deontay Foreman. They ran it 58 <laughs> times. That's <laughs> awesome. In fact, Browns last year, they ran it 60 times for 255. Now, that was just the – that, they that dominated that one. That I one, remember that was when Case that, was just like slanging it deep. That was like the last time the run game may have mattered ex- uh, exclusively in Texas OU. That I remember game, when Case dropped that one man. in the bucket to Mike Davis. You remember that on the, mm-hmm. on the corner? Yeah. I just threw my pin in there in the press box. I'm like, 
99 times out of 100, he doesn't make that throw. It's nowhere close. And, like, this was the one course, time they, where they it was NFL like, throws just there. put it over the back shoulder. It was, it was right there. So, yeah, I agree. There are a lot of things you can throw out because it's a rivalry game and you don't know who's going to show up, who's not going to show up. But, man, you win the line of scrimmage. The majority of times you got a really good chance to win and, this game. And, and this your is, stuff rate that you brought up, Oklahoma, still oh, top 25 in the nation. They're 24th in the nation in stuff rate. So I okay. guess Puka maybe won some Puka, stuff. Yeah, no, I was going to say Puka dropping down. Yeah. <laughs> He's Ron, single this is why I'm going to give a sneak peek into my prediction that we'll make here in a minute. This is why I like Texas in this game because – Lincoln, like, I watched Lincoln Riley's press conference, and it's, like, north of the Red River, it's almost like nobody remembers that Oklahoma won the Big 12 championship game last year. They just remember that Oklahoma lost that game and the way they lost it, which yeah. was Texas uh-huh. just physically Pushing being the better football team. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley's getting all these questions about toughness and physicality. Tom mm-hmm. Herman didn't get any of those questions, and do you know why? You know, it's it's because like what I said. Do you know when you, when you're a physical football team? Do you know how you know you're physical when you stop talking about being physical? I agree. No, we all agree. When it's Texas no longer physical. it's yep. no yeah. longer a surprise to say, "Well, Texas is really physical." No, that's just what they are now. No, we Herman. saw it. We saw it. Tom his first year when they played USC. I remember USC guys going down. Like I'm like, damn. Like they were just getting hurt. It was just the physicality of the game. They weren't like. It, like injured where they couldn't go back. They were literally like just they would go down. Texas would be, be a physical team and wear you down. LSU asked them about it. I mean, and I know it was the heat part of it too. But no, Texas is just a physical ask team, Georgia. man. Yeah, like that. Texas. I mean, I've yep. seen them do that to a, to to premier Power Five uh, football program. So I know Texas physical. I agree with you. Even you could argue sometimes they're too physical. The BJ Foster uh-huh. hitman hits yeah. and stuff like you know what I mean. Like, Knocking himself tar- out, getting to the I'm like BJ Foster, come. It's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> you're back man. already, and you're gonna. He, knock. he truly is the hitman. Like, he is. No, he is can, can I get a, Can I get on something real quick on the Go BJ ahead, Foster? Man. He's gonna get fined a lot in the NFL. <clears throat> he will. Yes, he will. They, they, review, make a they, lot of money. they reviewed that for targeting. And as a you played a position where you played a position where you had to make a lot of open field tackles, and it's a bang bang play. How can you even review that for targeting? Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, yes, well, it, it looked like, violent, yeah. but he's not leading with the crown of his head. He's hitting face up. He strikes the guy in the chest. Like, what else are you supposed to do? And they did say it wasn't. Targeting. Right. Yeah. yeah but and it's I, because I mean, it was so violent. And it it was, just, I think they're it was so erring violent, on that side. I, I think it was just so they're violent. They're like, we got to take a look just to make sure so yeah, we don't miss it. I it's just where we're right. at in football. I think Matt's right. It was just so – it was, man. It, it was – I was like, wow. Like, I, mean, I man, was he, like, oh, yeah. I thought he was okay. And then I was he, like so happy it was the first half because if he gets ejected, it's he's only this game and it's not Texas OU. Yeah. No, no. He's just a <laughs> like violent, he's just a violent so player. But that's why Tom. I think Tom Herman just likes guys like that who are violent. I mean, Sam Ellinger is the epitome of the physicality. Err on that right? side of aggression that and guy. deal if with the casualty if it comes. It's, it's exactly the same way right. the Seahawks and Patriots have played defense for the last decade. Exactly that's going right. to lead me to our discussion here on the Texas defense. But if you're Oklahoma, do you spy Sam Ellinger, Ron? I think you have to situationally. You can't do it every down. Obviously, you'll get yourself in trouble. But I think situationally, yeah, you have to. Like, look, we just talked about third down, right? He had three third down runs versus West Virginia. One was the 23-yard run. Mm-hmm. I think all of them went for first downs. Third down, you're definitely spying Sam Elton. You got to, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, depending on if it's a – you think he's going to predict as a passing now. We know Tom Herman in the red zone, right? He likes to throw the ball on first down. Trust me, they know that, all right? They know he likes to throw it on first down like 80% of the time in the red zone. Actually threw another th- – that John Burr touchdown in the red zone, first down. Yeah. Uh, the, I believe the uh, the Sam Cosme, even though it was a run, I believe that was on first down. Uh, you know, in I the red zone. Now, first down in the red zone, Tom Herman's going to throw it, though. He's gonna, yeah. He does it every time. So they might decide then to put a spy on him in situations like that. 
It depends on what it is. Yeah. And by the way, Sam in the red zone is just sick. You know that Sam's career, 64% of all of his touchdowns have come in the red zone. Yeah. That, I mean, that's exact- 72 touchdowns, 44 have come I'm in the I'm just looking zone. at the fourth quarter. Um, they threw it on first down. The driver, Duvernay, had the rushing touchdown. They threw it to him. That was a little corner route that DB made a play on it. <gasps> oh, that was. Yeah. That was, his, that was the first Is that a pass. drop for Duvernay? I don't know if you count that as a drop. I don't know either. It's a PBU. This is a good play by the DB, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking here. Yeah. Now, yes, the Sam Cosme was throwback it? was on the first. And down. I know it was, it's considered a run, but but it's a throw. You're taking yeah. a risk. Like, and that yeah. other flea flicker, as you pointed out, yeah. was also on first down. Mm-hmm. The other one to uh, so. Cade Brewer. Yeah. It was the first down one. Cade. First, the first down the red zone. If something funky's Throwing coming, he's coming, it. and he's gonna throw it on first down. Watch him break tendency and start running now. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, and you know what? And I would applaud him. I'd be like, yes, yes do it. That's exactly right. Keep this on this the is the game to do. This is the game to break. T- I'm glad you brought that. This is the game yep. to break Tennessee. Yeah. This is the game to come out with Jake Smith in the 10 personnel package. You know what I mean? Like, this is that yep. game. Like, these are the games where you do that and you go, damn, I ain't seen Texas run four wide. Damn, that's why I asked you the question earlier about Larry Fedora and Andre Coleman because I tend to agree with you. I think they are what they are at this point. I don't think you're going to see any anything drastic. Any more drastic changes other than what we've seen? Because yeah. this isn't the game where if you're not 100% comfortable running something, you don't do it in this game. Exactly. Exactly. Unless but, you've been working on it since preseason. <laughs> and you remember that Jake, that Jake Smith running back deal that Jake like, Smith the scrimmage? Yeah, I'm saying, this is, yeah. Uh, like you said, the, yeah, some stuff, some funky stuff with Larry Fedora, the design run game for the quarterback. Probably that we haven't seen that wrinkle much that of. stuff in here and there. Yeah. But and maybe there's a couple wrinkles that Oklahoma hasn't seen on film. But. Man, the nuts and bolts of your offense, your bread and butter, it's in, and you I are agree. who you are. The interesting battle for me with the Texas offense is the Oklahoma defense is third down. Because I think Texas is third in the country in third down offense. Texas, Oklahoma's like second or third yeah. in third down defense. Yeah, and, and but Texas has played, I think, a little bit more. You know, yeah, when you're better competition. Look, you know, when yeah. you're converting, well, I mean, like also they. Oh, you, you're right. They're it's ten of fifty one on third down defense, but they're giving up five of ten on fourth down defense when you combine those inside there. So, so what are they ranked in third down defense? Well, ten for fifty one, where so, against okay. the good teams yeah. they've stopped them, but then it's sort of an erratic small sample size. Whenever then yeah. they're horrible in fourth down. They haven't faced down. a quarterback as good on third down as, as Sam. Sam yeah. is, as we just pointed out, one of the best third down quarterbacks in the country, whether Look, it be man, passing or When you're converting eight for 15 on third down against LSU, you're yep. a pretty good third down offense. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, no, Texas, that'll be uh, with you. That'll be kind of the, that'll be the chess match right there. I will say this too, turnovers, you know what turnovers are going to be big. Uh, we've always talked about that. Matter of fact, uh, stat for you since 1999, teams that wins the turnover margin 16-3. Todd Orlando's teams the last, you know, a couple of games. Well, last time they've given up a lot of yardage, forcing turnovers. Oklahoma State they forced two turnovers and gave up what four hundred and like ninety something yards. They almost gave up five hundred Oklahoma yeah. State, but it was the turnovers, right, that flipped it in their favor. Same thing versus uh, West Virginia. Same thing earlier this year versus Louisiana Tech. Got to force. If he ain't forcing turnovers, te- Texas is gonna lose this game. Yeah, the reason Texas won the first Texas OU game against Kyler Murray, Got three of them. Had really, three the of third, them. the third was on the last. The third was on play, last, but still, but you had you had multiple turnovers. You, you turn and you turn those two turnovers into ten points. Boom, and then in the second matchup in the in the Big Twelve title game, you only forced one. And that's other Boom. other really other than the blown opportunity at the goal line against LSU, the offense has been really good in sudden changes. Ten turnovers turned into forty five points. I love that red zone stat that Texas has been in the red zone. What is it, eighteen times and has. Six 16 touchdowns red and, zone and no field goals in the red zone. That means Tom Herman's like, hell no, I get to the red zone in the Big 12, I'm glad, I I'm touchdowns. Glad, I'm glad Tom Herman's like, <laughs> we don't, we don't have to wonder why he goes for it so much. He like He's openly admitting, like, 
I, I don't like kicking field goals. I don't like field goals. No, I'm not kicking field I don't goals. Even, listen, I don't even call my kickers by name. I'm not I'm not trotting that guy out the there. The second by the way, I started to, he missed and he's got, one. And he's got Sam. If he, yes. if he didn't have 18 Sam, Miller, that's Matt. That's, that's crazy. A, Matt, we talk about red zone, and, and you and I have been on this. Like red zone rates, one of those things where people mm-hmm. can get twisted. Like, oh, you're X percentage. Yeah, well, you're kicking a lot of field goals down there. But you got a bad one. Do you're you're, yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. Yeah. You've got eighteen touchdowns, sixteen scores, but all your sixteen scores are touchdowns. Oh, touchdowns. He don't kick field goals and don't try anything. I, then we I got stuffed it. twice at the one by LSU. LSU. That's it. Those are the those only two. Oh, <laughs> those are the only two. Yeah, those are the right only there. two. Wow. And I one dropped. of those, Keontae Ingram dropped in. the touchdown. Yeah. Dude, that just blew my mind. It's I didn't awesome. even think about that. Wow. And we're talking about line yards and line of scrimmage and how Oklahoma That's had had a good crazy. stuff rate. Texas's offensive stuff rate is 17th in the nation. So Texas, very, very good in that situation. And is that situation. basically getting more, being get able to be successful in that situation? Okay, the gotcha, opposite. I, gotcha. I think yeah. Matt throwing nice. that in there. I, like I think that. the bottom line on that battle is right we're about to really see how much improved Oklahoma's defense is. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Because you're about to play a real legit offense. Like if Oklahoma's making plays, then I think Oklahoma fans can feel like win or lose because the carrot dangling in front of both these teams, especially Oklahoma, given what happened last year. If you lose this game, you can run the table and get Texas again. I think even if Oklahoma loses this game and yep. they see Latan, you, you're totally in other words, <clears throat> I, and all that, my incoherent rambling right there. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you're going to see tangible signs one way or the other on what this defense is. It's a referendum game on this defense. It is. I agree with that one hundred percent. Let's look at the Texas defense against the Oklahoma offense. And Rod, for me, uh, the big thing for me is. I think you could see a game plan really similar to the game plan Texas using against Oklahoma State where they're playing trap coverage on one side of the field instead of Tyler Wallace. Wherever C.D. Lamb goes, you bracket him Mm. and devote resources to Mm. the run so you can be aggressive. Use Chris Brown as kind of a spot and that Chris Brown thigh injury. That's why that's huge. And I think think that's – Look, it's a dangerous game. It is, but <laughs> I mean, it's Calcaterra, Rambo, yeah. Yeah. it is. <laughs> but hey, if I'm Todd Orlando, if I'm Todd Orlando, I'm going to say, look, if Jalen Hurts can drop the forty-yard post route in the bucket and tight coverage, then okay, their guy just made a play and our guy did. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be it, it once again, and this is one thing about Todd Orlando too, because in that game versus West Virginia, I remember you having the three-man front early on and then kind of moving Joseph Asai up there to be kind of a four-man front. Did they run front. nickel personnel the whole game? Because I didn't. It, I, think I they don't were. think they were yeah. in dime at all. I think they went, went nickel uh, the whole game. Well, I got to go back and track it, but I'm with you. I think they went nickel the whole game. The point is in, in the game versus OU, you, you can't wait to adjust. I heard Bucky talking about this, and I totally agree. You go more than a drive with a you know with a bad defense or you mm-hmm. know like something that can be exploited, then you may be out of this game like quickly. Like you got to yeah. adjust on the fly. Like oh man, we got to go four man front. Go go go. Oh, we got to go down. Let's go. Must champ talked about his first one was so over. Yeah, he it, couldn't it, it, believe it, how fast it was. That's exactly right. So I think for Tyler and Tyler Lando knows this. I'm not yeah. telling him he doesn't know, but I think that. So I think based on that, you don't. You don't go with just one coverage and one look and one concept every sure. down situation. You got to feel it, the momentum. You got to know, man. I got to tell you, Deshaun's holding up pretty good. Oh no, man, this corner needs some help. Oh man, Anthony Cook came to play today. Who knew that? You know what I mean? You don't know until you get out there because these guys have never been in that environment. Yeah. So it, that's why Tyler is going to be. It's going to be pitiful for him to read the defense, read the players, and go, okay. This is what we can play. We can play this. Oh, this is what Lincoln Riley's trying to do. Okay, he's trying to get me with these concepts, and I can do this. He, you're not going to know that until you get to that to that to that game. You really will have no idea. For you as a player, you, like you played in Big Twelve Championship games. You played against LSU in a Cotton Bowl. You played, you know, at Kyle Field. You played in, at, at Nebraska, at K State. Yeah. You played in great teams and good environments, but 
everybody I've talked to says, man, when you're in that game, in mm-hmm. that stadium, man, it just moves a little faster. Everything does. Yeah. So you'll be ready for, you know, he likes the inside zone. He likes to trade counter and Lincoln Rod. You'll know how to stop the basic concepts of everything he does. But, you know, he's going to make it look funky. He's going to put in a different formation, different personnel package. That's what Shanahan does everywhere. It's the same mm-hmm. zone blocking scheme his dad was running yep. you know, when he Super Bowls in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But Neil was like, man, they can't stop it. Yeah, because he added a little funk, a little pre-snap motion, a little orbit motion, and then he did this, did that, and the quarterback turned this way. It's all about those little wrinkles, and that's what Lincoln Riley does so well. I'll, I'll tell you why. I like used to check, too. I'll tell you why. <laughs> He's got a juice check. <laughs> As we get into predictions now, I'll tell you why I like Texas in this game. I like Texas in this game, Rod, for one of the reasons you said at the top. Sam Ellinger, you, you can debate whether he's the better quarterback, but I, I think this is a game Sam Ellinger needs to win. Like, he's played really well in some of these games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we talked about after the LSU game, Joe Burrow's been a little bit better. Or Will Greer was a little bit better. In the Big 12 championship game, Kyler Murray was a little bit better. Yeah. I think this is one Sam Ellinger needs kind of to start really building the legacy if it's going to trend the way it looks like it can trend. Yeah, I agree with that. And and, I, and gosh, Sam Ellinger's played so well in this game as a true freshman mm-hmm. last year. He Even a big coach championship game. Oklahoma brings in, and considering how he was raised, why wouldn't Oklahoma bring out the best totally in Sam Ellinger? <laughs> yeah. But the other reason you mentioned it, like Tom Herman was loose on Monday. Like he's answering reporters' phones when they're going off, which, by the way, I don't know whose phone that was. That's amateur move not to have your phone. I thought it was Bob Baloo's phone. Was it Bob's? No, he was just on the mic. Yeah, Ed Clemens is who I accused because he was the only guy to say, no, don't answer it. Because there was one person that okay. said, don't answer it. He said it was Bob Baloo's phone. So I, I, don't know, uh, I don't know whose phone it was, but that's amateur move not having your phone in airplane mode if you're going to set it, set it up there to Very record true. a press conference. Very true. So, <laughs> reporter etiquette. But Tom Herman didn't call him out. It gets to your point. He's in a good mood. Yeah. He didn't call him out. And he's. He's kind of making jokes and mm-hmm. he's cracking jokes with Ed Clemens about because Ed always asks about trick plays and he's cracking jokes about trick plays before. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he's loose. Talking and, about the and old lady. I watched Lincoln Riley's press conference and he just kind of seemed guarded and like I, I listened to him on the Big 12 conference call and he seemed really annoyed and he didn't want to talk about. Is that because his two offensive tackles might not play? That's I think that's <laughs> something to do with it. And it's I just sort of Lincoln's right. personality it's, too. His two starting offensive tackles are like questionable for the game. And I mean, that may have a lot to do with I it. But I think this, Rod, and you can speak to this. In the early portion of the Mac Brown Bob Stoops era of this rivalry, Mac got tight in these games. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I remember those days. I think the roles reversed. I think Texas has the coach that's loose, that plays it how this game should be played. Where hey, you guys know what to do. You're in the best position to go make plays. Go do it. We, we've coached you well. We've trained you well. We prepared you for this. Go play. And I think you've seen in Oklahoma, especially like last year, they got kind of tight. Yeah. In this Even game. when Lincoln was there with Bob, yeah, it's weird during the Charlie era. It 2015. Was a tight so like all the time Charlie that Lincoln's was, yeah. been there, it's been sort of this yeah. theme narrative around the. In teams. 2015, Lincoln Riley even talked about it in his press conference. Like that was the game they didn't play well in any phase of the game. Which I don't know. It's a weird game. Like Texas went on like a four corners basketball offense, like in the second quarter, mm-hmm. just trying to get the heck out of there. But the point is, I think Oklahoma's got the tight coach in this game. I think you saw that in the way they played this game last year. You saw, like, you realize Oklahoma hasn't. Um, I'm talking about the regular season only, not the Big Twelve Championship game. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma hasn't covered its point spread in the regular season since 2012, the last blowout. 
I can believe that. And they've won outright. Texas I, won outright as huge underdogs. But I also will say that Texas hasn't been playing for as much. The truth is Texas has been the underdog because Texas program has been down, so they haven't had the pressure. The truth is the pressure in this game is supposed to be high on both sides because it's national title implications mm-hmm. for both. But it hasn't Oklahoma. been that case for us. All right, let's be honest. <laughs> the reason that they flipped. have been playing tight is because for them, it's been national title hopes on the line year yep. in and year we out. That hasn't been the case for Texas. Like, hey, going, it's free money win. for us now. House money. That should be changing. So, but it doesn't might, change. Might, it doesn't change this year, though, Rod. Because I think Tom Herman looked at that ten and a half, ten point spread, whatever it was when it came out. That's right where he. No, no, to you're be. right. He loves the underdog role, yeah. but I, it's still that's where it's supposed to be. That's it's why coaches get tight. Why Mac Brown to get tight in the game because Mac Brown knew, damn, I lose this game. I'm probably out of the national championship discussion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's, that's a lot Texas of pressure. Is right now, and that's what that's what Texas should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, listen, I remember, I remember when Mac for the before the 2009 national title game, I said the same. thing. I said, dude, Mac is loose. Yeah. What they was cracking jokes, talking talking trash about Nick Saban. He's yeah. talking all. I'm like, man, why is Mac so loose before this game? I think it was Colt. I think it was he. I think he knew yeah. healthy Colt. I'm gonna win this damn game, and that's why he was loose. And he didn't have a healthy Colt the whole game. If he did, I think he'd have won too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Quarterbacks have to be loose, man. All right. Anything you guys, because we didn't do go deep into the Texas offense against the Oklahoma defense, or I'm sorry, the uh, Oklahoma offense against the Texas defense. Anything else, Rod, that you want to add or that um, you think is Well, noteworthy? no, it's just a quarterback design runs. I think uh, Todd Orlando's record uh, since 2010 versus quarterbacks who lead their team in rushing or finish second on the team in rushing is now after playing Spencer Sanders and winning, it is now 14-12. and 12. Uh, keep in mind, hell, even Nick Saban has been, yeah. you know, the, even he has been conquered by a, a transcendent dual-threat quarterback. So this guy is, I think I would put him in that discussion as a transcendent dual-threat quarterback. People also love the stat that first-time starters in this game at the quarterback position, they keep throwing that stat out there that the yeah, first-time starting quarterbacks since 1990 are 2-14-1 against quarterbacks who have started the Texas OU mm-hmm. uh, game. I don't think that matters because Jalen Hurts has played in national title games. Yeah, Auburn, uh, Alabama. And Auburn, Alabama. So I, I don't think that, that – that doesn't apply in this situation, but I think it yeah. usually does. It's worth mentioning because – It's worth mentioning, but if, – If Oklahoma loses, people are going to bring that up. Yeah, but he ain't, he won't be he won't be starstruck or anything like that. The moment won't be too big for that yet. Yeah, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, they lost their first game in this series, but yeah. they hadn't played in the Iron Bowl. Sam Ellinger lost his first one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it is. I think early on, it's like, man, this is a lot, and then you calm down and you get. Yeah. Get All right, numbers. prediction time, and, and I'll start it off. I'm taking Texas to win. I haven't Ooh. got a score in my head, but I, Rod, I say this about this game every year, and I, I want the series to prove me wrong. And when I'm proven wrong, I'll go the other way. But I'll always go with the team that I don't question their physicality. I don't question how physical a football team Texas is. And I think the matchup, if Texas wins this game, the matchup that will have won it for them is their defensive line against the Oklahoma offensive line. If the two starting tackles are out, you're basically going to have two guards at tackle. And with the way Keandre Coburn's playing right now, that Keandre Coburn-Creed Humphrey matchup, that's one of the best individual matchups in this game. If Texas wins this game, I think that's exactly where they win it. But until proven otherwise, I'll take the more physical team. I think the more physical team is Texas. I'm taking the Longhorns. Yeah, I, I think it's all about the trenches. I'm with you. Me and Craig White used to call it the State Fair Street Fight because it's, it's just a fight for 60 minutes. Uh, Texas does have, in my opinion, the better lines of scrimmage total, offense and defense. So, yeah, I'm going to take Texas. I think it'll come down to who, whose quarterback plays better, um, who wins in the trenches. That's why the rushing battle is always big. And who can force turnovers. It's a flip. Because this game is about momentum, right? 
who can flip the momentum on their side and, and take and seize momentum from the other side. You know what I mean? That's so many times we've seen that, right? Teams driving, they got the momentum, crowds going crazy, and then boom, turnover, instantly flips the momentum. Usually in a game, of course, that matters, but in this game it seems like it matters even more. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Texas, man. I think we have a quarterback who doesn't turn the football over. As a matter of fact, Texas in the uh, Texas OU game, the Red River rivalry, Texas hasn't turned the football over under Tom Herman. That's impressive. Yeah. Man, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like, that's weird to think. It was like, yeah, they haven't done it. They eight, did eight in the quarters, Big 12 title game. But, turned it over. Yeah, but not in this game. So I'll take Texas there, lines of scrimmage. I like both their offensive and defensive lines, and I think our quarterback will play better. And as we pointed out, even if he plays a B-plus game, he'll probably still throw for 400 yards. <laughs> so I'll take, I'll take Texas, man. I trust Sam. I'll take Texas. And I like each of what y'all are saying. The line of scrimmage stuff is spot on, and looking at Texas is dominated line of scrimmage. You look at line yards against West Virginia – against Oklahoma State. Texas wins that well above national average and holding your opponents defensively well below the average. And then you look at Oklahoma, they're just about average there. But Texas, if their defense was healthy, I would feel confident. I, I just agree with you there. That's the only thing yeah. worrying me about it. And if you're taking it, I'd take Texas plus the points now, like maybe put 50%, 60% on it now at 11 and wait to see if it goes up to 11.5. But that 11 number is a really good number to get. So get on it now. But I think Texas probably barely loses a shootout and it's like 45-42 alright mm. well yeah, I like that. Texas is the more battle tested team they've already kind of stared the devil in the face with LSU uh, and like we said I don't think we really know how good Oklahoma is I mean, they're good they're good but they're great on offense good. yeah we'll see them again anyway I think we're, sh- I think we're all outscore them sure. and uh, just get a turnover <laughs> and you might be good based but. on what I've seen from the rest of the Big 12 I yeah. feel pretty confident this is round one of two yeah there you go true so if you lose one, lose this one to win the next one. I would say the Texas OU game, though, it is. I would say this Sam Ellinger has probably played the toughest stretch, uh-huh. arguably, For of sure. OU foes. Even though I know that defense has not been that good. But, man, having to beat, you know, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and now Jalen Hurts. Literally the best Dude, two I, offenses of all yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, man, I don't know if there's been a Texas quarterback have to face that down in this, this rivalry. Easier. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe. Or it may not be. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you had Colt, but it was Sam Bradford for. Sam Bradford was good, you know what I mean. Years. But then he ended up getting hurt and everything. Two years but in the third year, man, really think about it: two number one overall draft picks, two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, Paul. and you might have another one. And you know no what Paul mean? Thompsons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sam Ellinger did get the ball. So, hell, he'd take a Nate Hibble at this point. I'll take Jason White, man. Hey, Jason White won the Heisman. Hell, you man. picked him up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nate Hibble served you one up, Rod B. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, uh, those of you going to Dallas for the game, travel safely. My right. wife and my daughter and I are heading that way, so everybody. Uh, oh, wife is safe. coming up too. Nice. Yes. Oh, that'll be fun. Fa- a little fam- little family oh, gathering good, for uh, Texas nice. OU yeah. this year. Everybody be safe uh, and enjoy the game. It's the best week of the year, the best game of the year, the coolest thing we do all year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Always fun, brother. Always fun. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM, 1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear this show each and every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Don't forget to find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thanks to Matt, you can get our classic interviews, classic shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.